This is a Demon FM podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Reese here from Demon FM. And today I have a very special interview with a blossoming musician calling all the way from Toronto, Canada, Vincent Tietzov. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> Not too bad. University life is uh, crazy and bonkers despite yeah. being in a pandemic, but uh, I'm all right. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, keeping myself busy with musical projects, as you know, and a bit of writing here and there. It's been uh, my way to take my mind off the sort of uh, lockdown era, if you will. Yes. How are things over there in Canada? So in, in Toronto specifically, uh, we've locked down pretty hard. We have like mm-hmm. a, a stay at home order. So, uh, you know, apart from your daily walk or something like that, you've kind of got to think of things to occupy yourself. So uh, I guess I'm kind of taking inspiration from Isaac Newton, you know, how he uh, developed his theories during the plague. But Yes. Silver lining of a bad situation. Yeah. If, it's, if it's any comfort, it's the same over here in the UK. Everywhere's locked down. Only allowed to leave the house, as you say, for that one walk or the essentials. Hoping that by summer we'll be out of it, but we'll see. I'm sort of dreaming about uh, vacations to come. Desperate for a holiday (laughs) somewhere bright and sunny. But let's not dwell on the negativity of COVID-19. Let's let's get straight into it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Because you've lived quite a life. You've lived in quite a lot of different places and you're quite well travelled. Yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I was born in California in San Francisco, or more specifically, uh, an island called Alameda. It's in the Bay Area there. And I moved around, as you said, quite a bit during my life uh, with my my dad's work and all that. So I, I was in Chicago, where most of my family lives. And then also in Washington, D.C. I was in Naples for a while. And then eventually, um, I moved to, uh, to England. I was in... Uh, Cumbria for a number of years. My stepfather is, is uh, English. And so I, I kind of took all that experience and started, well, I, I was playing drums for a while. Mm. Um, so that was my musical uh, activity for many years. But then my brother, he's a songwriter and singer. And so I, I basically learned some chords from him and went from there. So all throughout uh, the end of high school, going to university in Cardiff, and then up till now, where I've moved to Canada in 2016, it's been a, a way to kind of relate that experience of being in a different place, getting to know new people, observations of culture as it changes from place to place. So that's sort of how that uh, initial project, uh, Novelty Citizen, that I started in 2014, that was the, the basis of that. And then these days, I'd sort of take a more, more grounded <laughs> approach to to songwriting and things. So my, my songs are really just about societal observations and kind of vaguely, vaguely academic view of things, but trying to make it also chill and approachable and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. When I um, was listening through your first album, Raw in the Garbage Can, and also some of the additional songs that you sent through, your music is very, very relaxed and you can tell it's lyrically driven. Yeah, it was great to listen to. It's the sort of thing that I'd like to listen to, you know, just sat somewhere peacefully and quietly, perhaps reading a book or having a coffee. So it, as you say, it's very much that chilled and relaxed vibe, but 
also, if you choose to you know, fully listen to the lyrics, there's definitely that further context there to it. Yeah, you know, it, it's lyrically, I have something that I source it all from my own experiences, mm-hmm. but I try to keep it somewhat veiled, somewhat obscure, so that anyone can read into it what they want and interpret it sort of like you would a poem, right? Where yes. you can extrapolate different meanings in your own life. One inspiration for me for a long time has been Michael Stipe of REM um, because he has a very uh, veiled way of writing songs, very lyric based kind of bands, you know, even like losing my religion. That song has so many different layers pull apart. So I'm glad it, and it also has that sort of calming effect because I mean, I, I know from my own experience, music can be a way to recenter yourself. Definitely. You know, had this discussion in previous interviews where we've said that, you know, music is so vital, especially after this year. But, you know, it exists in every country, every culture. So it's something that's so important and you can associate with it and find enjoyment out of it. And freeze a moment in time, too. Like it's sort of like a diary, right? Like you can probably list a, a bunch of examples where it's like that song reminds you of a particular person or moment. Absolutely. In terms of your musical background, when did you first discover your interest in music? And you touched upon a musical inspiration there. What were your musical inspirations as well? Well, starting up, I started drumming when I was about seven. And I, I grew up listening to like the, the Beatles one album, their greatest hits. So, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I feel like everyone has that as an early listen. Yeah. Can concur. Um, yeah, it's like your nutritious meal of musical stuff. <laughs> but then uh, my mom was always really into like uh, disco stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was ELO. She's from Brazil originally. So oh, I would wow. listen to a lot of um, like Antonio Carlos Jobim. So that was kind of early on influential. But then around the time I was in junior high school, I was listening to a lot of Phoenix. My brother put me onto them. I think their the third album, It's Never Been Like That, was a really uh, key one for me. You know, like Thomas Mars, like his vocals and his lyrical delivery were... Th- that kind of got me uh, interested in this path of the rock and roll path, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> also, stuff like Kings of Convenience, which is, has a similar like laid back, uh, softer approach, like indie folk. That was really big for me. In university, I had a... Being in, in a rainy town, uh, sometimes overcast, I'd be listening to a lot of the Smiths. So, oh, yes. So I think I had a good uh, good four months where that was all I was listening to. <laughs> yes, because some of the, like, the vibes that I got from listening to your music, a bit of Smiths, a bit of like Mogwai, a bit of Bon Iver at one point. So, yeah, I can see that those sort of like slight musical nods might uh, have come from. Yeah. I mean, I I like to acknowledge how like, you know, no artist exists in a vacuum, right? Uh, Yeah. I've been told before, listen to the influences of your influences, because that really shows how everyone is. They're inspired by there's a shameless copy sometimes like it's all fluid. Yeah, this is the thing. And again, this is a discussion that I've had with with other people who are like, oh my God, that song is so old. And I'm like, it's six months old. Like, 
And then I say that I'm into Smiths, Blondie, David Bowie, the Beatles, and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so... Bearing in mind, I'm with a bunch of students. I'm a little older. And it's not all students, I should say, not all young people, but there's like, you know, without the musicians of the past, you wouldn't have any of the stuff that you love today. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, those influences feeding through and being recognisable. So long as, as you say, it's not a complete carbon copy and you you add your own twist and your own sound and sort of emotional or lyrical context to it, then, you know, it just leads to more wonderful music. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I'm going through this as a, as a writer trying to write a novel at the moment where I find that all my, all the books I've read, all the stories I've read, articles and so on, they kind of like filter their way into what you're doing now. And you need to work at it to try to find your own voice, to make your own interpretation of, of a story or some sort of events that's had, that's happened. Yeah. So like when I was starting out, my first release ever in 2014, I recorded in my dorm room in Cardiff and it was, it sounded a lot like, uh, like Smith's Morrissey kind of songs and things like that. Mm. But eventually I kind of realized like, okay, like needs to progress a little bit. How do I sound as an individual, basically like yeah. each person that, that does music has to find what, what's unique, what's uh, weird about them that they want to share. Yes, because that was when you launched a project called Novelty Citizen, wasn't it? Do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about about that? Yeah, so basically in 2014, in September, I did my Erasmus uh, year abroad in Pisa, in Italy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I was going through a, a sort of weird uh, phase then where in Pisa, like, you know, you really have to learn Italian to get, up, get along. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's in Italy, so... You, you need to learn the language, right? But it, I found it was quite a, a challenge to get used to attending lectures and studying in a, in a completely different language. And so I would often like sort of recede to my room and just work on songs, try to process that whole experience of being in a, in a completely different place. So that's that's how that started out. Novelty Citizen, the name itself refers to feeling like you're somewhere else when you're in a different place, right? Like you're, yeah. you're kind of an outsider, if you will. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a very like uh, culturally focused project, mm. but then I also wanted it to be, as I said before, like something chill you can listen to something with a, with a bit of a beat, some mm-hmm. soundscapes on synthesizers and things like that. So that's how that started out. And it was, yeah, very, non-guitar based, which was actually really refreshing at the time. I didn't have a guitar with me. So it was just a matter of Ableton and using the keyboard typing yeah. music tool. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the first track I did uh, was Nothing to Fear or There is Nothing to Fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I did like a little stop motion video to promote it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can find that out on YouTube. But yeah, it, it was a really... Uh, important step musically because that was like expanding my my personal voice as a musician yes i'd imagine it's a bit like you know taking that first jump off the ledge or that first dive into the pool where it's a bit daunting and you sort of have to brace yourself but once you're in i'd imagine that the creative ideas started flowing and you took 
that creative energy that you had from your first song and run with it from there? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like I was really noticing that the more you let go and you're sort of, you approach it like an expressionist painter might, where you just let things happen, then you're, you're not afraid to be zany with your work, not afraid to be like, not afraid of what people are thinking about it necessarily. Then, then you make something that's really honest and yeah. <laughs> you're not, yeah. <laughs> you don't listen. sort of commodify it for the expectations of others. It's you create it for you. It just happens to be going out there for other people to listen to. Is that sort of yeah, what you mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, like I've always found myself like inspired by music from the past like from the late seventies and early eighties, especially at that time. And that was a way to sort of be inspired by it and, and take that as an influence and not be afraid to, you know, maybe I'm not on trends. Maybe I'm a little bit behind almost and behind the times, but that was like my own take on things. So. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's about being behind the times these days. I mean, there's so much music out there and I, especially amongst, you know, the current generation, I don't think there's a specific sense of, oh, I have to belong to one particular kind of music or like one particular kind of music. As I say, as, as I got older, my tastes went backwards and I'll listen to pretty much anything, you know, so long as I can vibe well to it, as I did with your music, I'll happily listen to it. So I mean, obviously since 2014 and the Novelty Citizen Project, your your musical stylings will have changed and developed. And in 2018, you came out with your first album, Roar in the Garbage Can. Sort of how did it feel, that anticipation? Well, first of all, the creative process for that album. It's sort of like a folk alternative rock vibe to it. Yeah. Um, and obviously that was released in 2018. You sort of developed and refined your musical sense i'd imagine how was that process how did it feel to get that album out there oh it, it was such a relief because i'd been sitting on notebooks and notebooks of lyrics and you know sort of trying to refine melodies and write essentially the the ultimate sort of you know pop pop focused pop uh structured kind of song mm. but obviously within the folk and rock style that that album was actually like really coming to terms with moving finally and settling in, in one place mm. in Canada. Uh, it was really like channeling all my experiences up to that point into the story of someone who uh, crossed the notion and, and started life fresh, if you will. Mm. So like lyrically that, that was really a, a big release for me. And also just technically as well for a long time, like my recordings had been really rudimentary, really basic, where it's like one microphone covers everything. Uh, that one, I was trying to work more with just layering things, really liberal with the use of, you know, effects, putting like sort of buttering it up, if you know, with, uh, with all kinds of, uh, you know, plugins and things like that. And, and trying to go for, uh, for instance, on one of the tracks uh, for the days, I had a, the, uh, sort of reel to reel tape effects put on it to reverse what I was playing on the guitar. So the notes would be uh, swapping in and out and playing like a reverse tape. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was, I was really trying to create a soundscape, an atmosphere where you could put your headphones on and be 
yeah, just absorbed in it, right? Absolutely. It it totally had that effect. As I say, I listened to it and it was very atmospheric and sort of put me in a bit of a Zen state. Yeah. You know, I I think about like rock music generally and and where it's going, where it's come from. And I, I found that it was really interesting to try to use a, a sort of more mellow voice, mm. like my own voice and apply it into that, that style. Because, you know, I've, I've tried and, and physically it's quite difficult. You know, it takes a lot of power vocally to do when, you know, like belting it, you're, yeah. you're, you're like Robert Plant where you're really hitting these high notes yes. and wailing at it. Um, so that was, that was really interesting to hear putting it all together with, the rock drums and the rock guitar. The album I'm working on at the moment, that one is going to have a few tracks where it's a little more gritty guitars. Mm. So it's going to be another really interesting thing to see, like how you can pair a mellow voice, which you probably associate with folk music, with this uh, sort of raw edge to it. Yes. Well, your next album is called uh, The Place to Call Home. And that leads nicely on to my next question, which is to say, what can people expect from The Place to Call Home? And what are some of what's influenced this album? So this album is pretty much, uh, you know, it's less about moving around and, and getting used to life in that way. This one is more about the way culture is, is really evolving quite rapidly now are, are, you know, I could list off an, a number of uh, things that are changing our world perspectives on, on masculinity perspectives on we're thinking about uh, the way our legacy, our life, how it's viewed in the future will be, how that will be viewed, you know, mm. with social media and, and uh, the internet. And also it's a little bit about, like the the weight of history on our shoulders as as a society right how mm. everything that's come before we kind of always reference it based on what's happened before for instance you know like even with the the coronavirus like we we're looking at what's happening now through the lens of what happened 100 years ago yeah with the spanish flu um, yeah. and that's just one example of history always kind of finding its way into our life now. It's, yes. uh, it seems like it would be just kind of lost in a museum or a book, but it follows us wherever we go in a way. It definitely. It's, you know, obviously you mentioned, obviously in the 1920s, there was the whole Spanish flu pandemic. And it's interesting that we're looking at reflecting upon that, but we're in such a different, as you say, the developmented social climate where obviously we have technology and communication is a lot more developed and, you know, we can see what are happening in other countries in in a couple of clicks of some videos as opposed to back then when I would have imagined it was, you know, all through newspapers and perhaps some radio yeah. broadcasts. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's like uh, nothing happens uh, in isolation in the world. Everything is, is connected now. I mean, everything has always been connected in some way or other, but especially now because we keep tabs on life in other places. So... That's part of the album, but then there's also, I, I always kind of have, I don't know where it comes from, but there's a sort of like sci-fi element to some of the stuff I write. Like, you know, the way that technology has has uh, changed our way of working, the, changed the way that we socialize with other people and changed our relationships so significantly. Mm. Uh, 
So that's another part of the album is like sort of taking a, a surrealist uh, sci-fi look at at our world as it is now. So, mm. I mean, would you say then that the um, new album and the songs in there are going to be quite reflective then of, I suppose, not just yourself, but some of the just some of the general wider developments and yeah. scenarios going on in society? Yeah, I guess by and large, when I write a song, it has some sort of att- larger attachment to things that we're seeing around us or on the news. And Mm. it's uh, less about like romantic songs, though that happens once in a while too. But yeah, it's sort of like another way to look through all all the the madness of things that happen in our worlds and, and Mm. but have a, a way to step back from it and be calm about it and try to objectively look at what it, what is happening and, and what we can do better in the world too. I mean, I think music inevitably has uh, a way of prompting our actions and making us like, you know, even if you think about like the kind of songs where, where they're inspiring people to get up and like, you know, go kick some butt. Right. Yeah. You know, and really uh, like these power anthems, right. Like yes. their music has an, an ability to uh, change our life for real. Uh, it's a source of inspiration. It's a source of, of solace. It's a source of comfort. And I think that's ultimately what I'm trying to do with my music is make people think and make people live intentionally, you know, like the way they want to live. So I completely agree. You've actually answered one of my further questions that I had, which is, you know, what experience you want listeners of your music to get out of it. But I think you've explained it brilliantly just there. I mean, are there any particular tracks from the upcoming album that you are looking forward to people hearing? And is there any song in particular that's very important to you? I mean, I'd imagine that they all are because you've put a lot of time and effort and craft into it. But oh, they're all they're all become they become precious to you as you're you're making them. And sometimes it makes you worried about, oh, what are people going to think about it? <laughs> there. But that being said, I think there's this one song that's going to be on the album called Overeducated, Understimulated. It's, uh, it's sort of cynical. I don't want, I don't like to be too cynical, but it is sort of about how in a lot of ways, like when we finish our education, finish our university education, we have wide dreams and we have so many plans. And sometimes it feels like a bit of letdown uh, when you graduate and things are, are a lot harder than you thought they would be. I I know from my own perspective, that's what I came to realize upon graduating that, you know, sometimes the, what I want to do doesn't line up with what is expected of me or, or, uh, or the quote unquote realities of of the world. So that one is, is a sort of, uh, it's a little bit uh, inspired by Mac DeMarco in terms of its sound. It's sort of like very uh, soothing melodies and reverb on the guitar and laid back beats on, on the drums. So yeah, that one I'm, I'm really excited about sharing with everyone because I feel like all of the generation, all our, all our millennial generation <laughs> can relate <laughs> to the, uh, the experience. So that's, that's one of them. But uh, really, the the whole album is very well suited to someone of our age group, of our generation, and relating to like our experiences and our worries and our hopes for the future. So it's going to take you on a on a journey. It'll cover all the bases in terms of feelings and 
yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited for it myself. I can't wait to hear it because I really enjoyed your last album. Thanks. And it's always nice to discover new music because I think I've about extinguished my search ideas over the last 12 months. Do we have a release date for the new album? Uh, so tentatively uh, May. There's a lot of mixing and, and uh, production elements that need to be ironed out. Mm. Um, but I, I'm actually, I'm looking into, there's a local painter in my neighborhood. Uh, his name is Gwyn Giles. And uh, he does this really interesting 1920s style, these sort of minimalist paintings with retro art deco styling. So I thought it would be very fitting for the, the new 20s to have that kind of style on the album cover. So, yeah, yeah so it'll be a very timely piece of work. Um, I love that. So soon. Wonderful. Well, everyone can keep an ear out for it because you do have a YouTube and a Spotify channel. We'll plug those a little later on. Do you feel that, that your musical sound has changed in some ways compared to your last album in this one? And is that was that a conscious decision or just a natural sort of development? Yeah, I, I think it, it's definitely aired more on the side of rock this time around, rock mm -hmm. and blues, probably because I'm really, uh, well, for one thing, I've got a new drum kit. So I've been <laughs> using, making the most out of that in my <laughs> recordings. Uh, so there's a lot more to bite onto in terms of a, a groove and a beat for people to, to move to and dance to. I certainly look forward to eventually bringing it onto a stage and having a party. So it's not just music where you're in your head, right? I want to yeah. make it something where people can, you know, fist pump. Have dance a boogie to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to always be in your head nice. as, a, <laughs> as a listener of music. So yeah, that that's definitely changed. It's more driving rhythms, a little more distortion on the guitars, a little more crunch. So yes. I'm, I'm exploring my, uh, my more, more, for lack of a better word, aggressive side. So yes, marvelous. I believe that you also work quite closely with your brother as well, don't you? In um, yeah. sort of developing uh, your music. Yeah, uh, he's a whiz uh, behind the uh, production panel. I take yeah. it that you get along really well creatively then um, <laughs> if you uh, work closely together. I just wanted to ask a bit about what that's like. I Have you ever clashed creatively with your brother? <laughs> Not creatively. We, we got all of our angst and disagreement out when we were a lot younger. Yeah. And now I think we've both mellowed out quite a bit and I don't get on his nerves as much. <laughs> <I hope. laughs> uh, so yeah, he, he's a really big help uh, in all of this because, you know, he, he himself, he's doing a lot of music, uh, his band Pleasure Curses, go check them out. They're especially danceable music. So yeah, like his uh, impact is present everywhere on these, on these recordings and the ones before really, you know, so he's going to lend a lot of production elements that really make a song stand out and you feel the impacts of what would otherwise be a pretty straightforward, simple folk rock song, you know? Mm. So all his experience with electronic music and the new wave music, like that's, that's going to filter its way into it. And, you know, we, we get along. I mean, it's, it's really good to actually work with uh, a sibling if you can creatively, because chances are they probably know your creative impulses mm. and, what you're trying to go for. You know, I, I can think of 
also just from a performance perspective, I think about a group like the Staves, three sisters singing at once. I mean, like you couldn't plan better vocal harmonies. Mm. You know, it, it's, yeah. it just happens so naturally and so organically and it sounds great. So yeah, I, I really, uh, I'm lucky to be able to, to work with them and, and I, yeah, I think it's going to add a whole other dimension to the music. Yeah, I'd imagine if anything, it makes the projects that little bit more personal. And I asked that question, not with the intent to be like, oh, is there fight, you know, for a scandal or anything? I just, um, <laughs> personally, I was interested in in knowing the answer to that. Yeah, because well, normally yeah. people don't tend to work with their family members in their jobs, but obviously in, in your unique instance, it's quite, you work quite closely together and obviously you're both working in, in music. So I just thought that was uh, really interesting. Somehow it works, you know, <laughs> started out, uh, me playing drums as a little kid and he was playing guitar. And so that was my boot camp musically, uh, ah. learning about, you know, how a song works, how to keep a beat going, how to stay in time, all that stuff. Mm. So yeah, it's, uh, about time really that we, we actually did something musical like this together. It's, mm. it's the first proper time that we've done it like that so oh wonderful well hopefully onwards and upwards from here as well um yes. the last sort of question that i have for you is obviously depending on when this whole dreaded pandemic is over are you hoping to get out and tour with the new music once it's out oh, there you know I, i've been thinking a lot about hoping i can play some festivals here and that here and there at least locally in canada yeah so it would be really awesome to play some dates in uh, the uk England and Wales, Scotland. Yeah, it, it just it really depends on uh, hinges on like how the word spreads around about the album. But in the very least, I will be playing locally in Toronto. So yeah, watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, is that something that you've been even more eager to do since obviously the the pandemic? Just because you'll have the freedom to again? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I love connecting with people live and and seeing their expressions seeing their reactions really allowing people to let loose and have fun because you know i think a lot of the best concerts the best shows are a party basically yeah. you're where you as a musician as a band you're a conduit for the party vibes you you kind of just get it going and and let mm -hmm. people have a good time so yeah especially now after it's been so long since we've had a proper party. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to doing that. Marvellous. Well, that's all the questions that I have for you. We mentioned a YouTube and a Spotify channel earlier. Is there any other platforms that people should uh, follow you on? Well, I would highly recommend just generally for, <laughs> for how much good music it has going on Bandcamp. My Bandcamp has all the stuff you'd see on Spotify and YouTube, mm -hmm. but also if you're wanting more of it, there's some older stuff that I've been working on for the last few years, cover songs and whatnot. Oh. Uh, dosdigit.bandcamp.com. D-O-S-D-I-G-I-T. That's, that's my archive where, where I keep all the, the stuff that, that's worked on before I, I get the totally polished, finished product. So yes. yeah, if you're, if you're looking for, for more of this stuff, if you like it, take a look there. And you have a Twitter and Facebook page as well and an Instagram that people can follow you on. What is your handle? Because some of it is the Novelty Citizen and some of it is Vincent Tietzov, isn't it? Novelty Citizen, uh, that project's sort of uh, 
dormant right now, sort of yeah. taking a break. But um, for all the latest stuff uh, now and going forward, it's uh, Vincent Tietzov. So Vincent and then T E E T S O V, just all together, no caps or anything. Uh, so that applicable all over the internet. So you can find <laughs> find me on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and yeah. So I look forward to connecting with anyone. Who enjoys the music. I really hope so. Uh, to everyone listening, make sure you do go check all of that out and uh, follow Vincent across all platforms. The first album, which is Roar in the Garbage Can, quite chill, quite relaxed, nice to just sort of unwind with and, you know, have that cup of tea or read that book. And I'm very excited for the new album, The Place to Call Home. As you say, tentatively for release in May, so make sure everyone keep an eye out, which you can do by following him on social media platforms. There we go. It all comes full circle. But yes, thank you so much for giving some of your time today, especially considering that there's a, a quite a time difference between oh, the UK well, and Canada. Thank you. We couldn't... Uh... None of us musicians could uh, do what we want to do without your help and without radio stations. So make sure everyone to support your local radio stations. Please do. Radio's been the MVP of the uh, this year, I think. But yes, thank you for listening, everyone. As we say, go check out everything social media-wise and platform-wise for Vincent. And have a good time. And we'll see you again soon for another interview, everyone. And to round out the episode and give you a taste of some of his music, here is one of Vincent's tracks, There Is Nothing To Fear. Enjoy. And I read it again, but back at work. East Kiefer's left his job, ran out of lackeys to fleece. And I see the red moon rise, we have something to look at now. I need a pocket to hold, keep my change. Keep my change. Islands open thermal cast, 
using heat-seek vision And I see your reflection In the lake below I see your movement In the shadow of the moon Stations on its last legs We are soon to leave Go on, have a listen. I support you.